Now my mouth is all dry again because of those fucking Rice Krispies. Yep. I'll deal. Hello, hello, and welcome. I'm Nick. I'm Ryan. And welcome to the Kid Studios Podcast. Hype Roundup Part 2. Hey, Ryan, it's Thanksgiving. Electric uh, Hype Harder. Hypist. Hype notice. Hype Roundup 4 in Japan. Welcome to part two of our uh, Hype Roundup, where we are reporting on a number of games that have either come out or are nearing release that were on our Hype registries, indexed in the Hyperary. I did not think about that too hard before I, I just jumped into it. I look, leap before you look. So, in our last segment, we discussed Halo 4 and Forza Horizons, two fairly uh, high-profile games. And what do we have up on the docket for Part 2, Nick? I don't know about you. Uh, Black Ops 2 is out. Yes. Unfortunately, we have not touched that, and no. any talking we would do about it, I imagine, would just come from Giant Bomb coverage. Jensen got a copy of it through work. His thoughts on the matter were... I am enjoying this, but I do not know if I would have bought another one of these. All right. Which sounds about right, because for all I hear about, like, the weird amount of player choice and agency in the campaign and, like, the pick 10 class system, which seems really interesting to me, like, at the core of it, I don't know if I want to give, like, pay 60 bucks for another Call of Duty game. Yeah, like... And I have only bought one of those, and I think I may be burned out. Yeah, no, same here. Like, exactly the same. Um... But yeah, the the pick ten system that that you know very clearly that is they are allowing you, they are not, prov- they are not making it impossible for you to make your own dumb decisions. Yeah, that is one of the signs of good game design. Yeah, you can do something dumb, go into battle with only a riot shield. Yeah. I don't know if they're in that game. They are okay. Um, uh, and the campaign stuff I guess sounds good, but it's this weird flip flop of like. I've never expected good things from the Call of Duty series. Yeah. It did something interesting to me once, and then they weren't able to play that trick again. And it's always been just like a mishmash. So you telling me that a, a you telling me that a, a COD storyline is good? I'm just like you are probably you know making up for something well, or lying. I, I don't and know. And it if may it's... not work for me anyway. If it's like, you know, the, the, the story itself, like the narrative is great. Like it's just another like, there's war all over the place and we're fighting China this time. Also time travel? Except just like flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. Um, but from what I hear, there's like a lot of, you know, actions you take will affect like, you know, whether or not you stopped those dudes from destroying those documents or whether or not you, you actually caught that guy or killed this guy or whatever will change the eventual outcome of the whole thing. Which, like... I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, like, that could be interesting. Um, at the same time, I feel like that's not... Like, that is something... Again, I think that's something new, like, for Call of Duty. I feel like if you want to see examples of that, there are better examples yeah. in the same genre. And apparently it's... Like, they do it in such a way that to see, like, the full sort of breadth of the story and how it can turn out, you would need to play it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would play a Call of Duty campaign multiple times. Yeah. Even knowing there was more story to see. Yeah. 
Um, so, like, it would be cool if they did it, but they are sort of catching up to the pack. Like, yeah. they, they are catching up to where something that is outstanding should be. Um, and people keep buying that game. I, I, am, I am now in contact with, like, a group of people who are that strange segment of the population who get a game and immediately throw it into the multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and they buy the newest Call of Duty, Halo, and Madden games. Okay. And that is really weird, but I think I'm finally understanding it. Okay. Um, is it just following the social experience of this is the game that people are playing? Because I can understand that. No. It is it, it is closer to that. It is about the social experience. It is about the, this is the game I play with my friends. It's It turns out it basically has to do with um, the newest game that you play with people. Yeah. Like... Whether you're playing with randos online, which I know I'm weird and that I do not prefer. Yeah, I mean, no. Almost don't tolerate. Uh, I think most people don't prefer playing with randos online. No, but most people will be like, no, yeah, that's what you do. You you play, like, they would prefer to have real people over computers. And I am sort of backwards. Like, unless they are people I know, I would prefer computers over real people. Um, Yeah, that's kind of backwards. It it is backwards. So I know I'm weird on that point. But they play it, like, as a social experience. Like, like. They they were all telling me stories about like you know yeah like me and my friend will just hang out and play Madden and with a game like Madden it begins to make sense because they also care about football mm-hmm. so they can recognize when stats are out of date and that creates sort of like a mental disconnect for them and mm-hmm. so that seems it comes up and appears as a problem um, and with something like Call of Duty then maybe you get to the experience of like well this is the newest thing also just in the sense of you know the new one comes out. It creates a resurgence of interest. So, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, even if you change a little thing, people aren't burned out on it. They liked it before. They'll get back into it. Um, but that's the thing. They they play it as a thing to do with their friends. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, if they did not have friends, they would not play the games. Okay. Whereas I think, you know, we are more in a, a population of people who are like, you know, no, the game is the important part. Like, I, I would... There are sometimes when you would say, like, no, I'm not going to do anything with people this weekend. Instead, I'm going to relax and play yeah. a game. I'm going to take in the game. People are just trying to find a new thing to take in with their friends. Okay, I can see the separation there. Yeah. Like, I would love someone to, like, co-op through Dark Souls with, but, you know, I will just keep playing Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas some people, they'll be, yeah, it's just like, you know, oh, I picked up this game because my friends had it. Or they're just like, no, I'm going to pick up this game, and then my friends are going to come join me, and we're going to play mm. it. And that's... Apparently, that is the bigger way to do it. And that's why you only need a couple of games. Because then, I guess you're also out drinking, is the other thing. <laughs> that is also the social experience. I mean, there was a brief experiment with drinking Rankin. There was. And that and that made a lot of sense. So, if you want to get, like, a six-pack and play some Spartan Ops sometime, do you want to do that? Yeah. Okay. I Can we get, like, a three-pack and fill the rest with cheeseburgers? How will we divide three beers? With very sharp swords. <laughs> also, what is the purpose of three beers? Uh, I'll have three beers, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Black Ops 2, I'm curious to get my hands on that game. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I am going to have to take that off my list and replace it next week because it is now out, but I imagine at some point down the road that is going to become a sort of a round table for us and yeah. we'll end up having to, you know, compare that to other shooters again. It will be red boxed. Because 
it'll be Redbox as soon as possible. Um, just sort of like one last thing. Uh, you remember when we were talking about like my love for puzzle games because it is a a single like action that you become extremely good at versus yes. like a lot of adaption and stuff like that. That would make you think that I would like Call of Duty because that is all about pulling the left trigger and pulling the right trigger and becoming very good at that. Yeah, but I don't. So there's something interesting in there, some sort of new division, um, which we can explore whenever we talk about Black Ops. I won't get into it now, but I already have ideas about it. Excellent. Um, so yeah, Black Ops. Uh, Bloops. I have some Revengeance news. Blop do. I have some Fighting is Magic news, and I have a little bit of Remember Me news. And Watch Dogs continues to be <laughs> uh, quiet. Well, I have some Heart of the Swarm news and also some Hawken news, assuming that was on my list. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty um, sure it was. So you've got more than me, so why don't you hit us with another one, and then we'll alternate. All right. So, okay, we'll start with the uh, with the Remember Me news, because that was... I'm it, still not like entirely familiar with this thing. I don't remember it very clearly to i'm sorry well, that, that, that's, a, that's okay because there's only like um i think there's only been like one trailer release for it okay. anyway um so there's not much on it yet this is a, a next gen project of some sort i think the plan is current gen okay um they're gonna have to fucking shake a leg yeah uh but you know they're basically trying to do like assassin's creed except instead of stabbing dudes and rebuilding the assassin's guild you are like some sort of mercenary who can reach into people's brains and like remix their memories and affect their actions that way. Um, and the comparison you make is Assassin's Creed and not Psychonauts. Because there seems to be a heavy influence on, you know, jumping, running, and climbing around. Okay. Uh, in order to avoid detection because, you know, you do not have a particularly... You are not combat-focused, even though you are manipulation-focused. Okay. Um Sometimes you can manipulate people into being dead if you have guns. Uh, um, can you scramble a dude's brain and manipulate him into being dead? Yes. Can you make him remember that he's dead and then he dies? I would love that to be part of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically what what the, the piece of news on that was is they put out a call for people to submit um, their own like like dreams and memories. To okay. sort of put it, I, I think they're going to be in like a just like a very fluffy section of the game. Like, um, maybe like you know, if you're like jacking into somebody's mind, you would see like scenes of other memories fly by yeah, while yeah. you're looking for the one you want. And I think the, in there is where they're oh, going to fill up those things. Um, but yeah, to to get like you know like actual r- real world experience. I hope it's not a sign that they're like struggling for ideas to fill this game with. Yeah, but um. It would help, and it would be an interesting way to sort of bring like a user-inspired content in. So maybe yeah, yeah. give people a little thing. Uh, and I just, I mean, if you if you ask just people in general and just get like this cross section of responses, then I mean, you're going to wind up with things that people will relate to because they came from people, right? Like you know, it's not just some developers. Like, well, one time I had a dream that my mom was in a rabbit suit, like in Donnie Darko, and then nobody knows what the fuck that's about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on there. And actually, remember they did just have sort of some Watch Dogs news, yeah. Which is uh, Ubisoft, who I believe are the people working on that game. Uh, yeah, it's Ubisoft. They used like they cut up the Watch Dogs trailer and added a little bit of like developer 
behind the scenes commentary type oh, yeah? stuff. But it's really weird because like the purpose of the video was a like it was extremely like shallow kind of stuff because mm-hmm. what they were doing was it was almost a like recruitment video because Ubisoft wanted to hire for like the heroes development team. Okay, which is heroes is just their name of the team and yeah, like, yeah, supposedly for Watchdogs. So I guess Ubisoft is hiring. They are constantly expanding. Yeah, so... I'm pretty sure they have studios just, like, running in a dotted line across Canada. Yeah. But also to do that under, like, the uh, the banner of Watch Dogs. Because, like, it was yeah, connected yeah. to Watch Dogs specifically. Um, so to kind of put those together, I guess that means they feel that still has some pull to it, which means mm. they must still have, uh, you know, a decent amount of hope for it and something working on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, those are the games I have the least inf- least news and information about. Well, can I give you a small amount of information about a game then? Just give me a spidgen. A minor daub, if you will. Okay, I'll... I believe that is somewhere between a dab and a dollop. <laughs> a daub. I'll just, um... I'll just drop this little spritz of knowledge into your nose to loosen up your sinuses then. Like uh ah, like, like one some of those sort of nightmare nose spritzers. <laughs> um Heart of the Swarm got a release date. I heard. Which is March thirteenth of the year twenty thirteen. Or maybe it was twelfth, I'm not sure. It was it was twelfth. God damn it. It's okay, I'm so it was good 12th. at video games. March twelfth of the year twenty thirteen. Um so well, They've given a concrete release date and also enumerated some of the pre-order bonuses because pre-orders is live right now. You can go buy Heart of the Swarm today if you want. Um, there's there's sort of two tiers to the package. There is the one that contains all of their digital uh, bonus content, which is uh, like in Wings of Liberty where you got a custom Thor skin for pre-ordering. In Heart of the Swarm, you're going to get a custom Ultralisk skin for pre-ordering. And it will give you things in Diablo 3 and World of Warcraft as well. Uh, There is a Baneling pet for World of Warcraft, which looks super cute. And Mm -hmm. if I played World of Warcraft, I would want it because Banelings are dope. Yep. Um, And for Diablo 3, there is a uh, custom flag emblem, which I think is like a Hydralisk. Mm -hmm. And then a cosmetic... uh, Item thingy that gives you, like, blade wings like Kerrigan. Okay. Which looks pretty dope. Yeah. Um, now, in the second tier pre-order thingy, like the big box, uh, you get a bunch of physical goods. Um, I believe there is a a book of concept art with commentary from the designers in there. Mm-hmm. Um and I believe you get a strategy guide of some sort. I know that they, like, always throw those in with battle chests. Um, as well as all of the digital content. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blizzard being Blizzard, you know, this date may be moving in the future. Um, you know, as, as they've shown over the life of Wings of Liberty, they are willing to, you know, constantly change the game over its lifetime. Uh but with the amount that they've been changing up Heart of the Swarm, even in the beta, with like adding and retooling and removing units very quickly, um, I think you're going to need to keep an eye on what they do over the next couple months up to the release 
um, and see. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what what happens to the run up of the release. Um, I imagine at some point during the beta, like I I think the best case scenario would be at some point to the beta just kind of come up with this is our our stable, you know release build and this is what's going to be in the game i'm not sure how far away that will be from now mm. but they've only got a few months yeah like i don't know it's always been sort of a fluid thing and um yeah i mean you know wings of liberty changed in some really fundamental ways over its lifetime so far already so i mean who knows how i mean when when heart of the swarm releases that's certainly not the end of heart of the swarm development yeah uh, even, you know, when we go on to talking about Hawkin, like, that's uh, in a similar vein. Like, like I, they're doing a weird thing with their, you know, betas. Like, they're still closed betas, right? Yep. Um, so, it was interesting. They said you can talk about and post videos and stuff about the closed beta. You still can't but talk about the, the alpha. alpha. Yeah. So, that's strange. Um, it's okay. I don't even remember what happened in the alpha by this point. I wasn't in it. Um, but, you know, just the idea of, like... You can have something like as you get closer to the release date, you know, mm-hmm. release date gets put in quotes because it's just like, no, we're going to be working on it now and we're going to be working yeah, on it later. That, and It's just like this rolling sort of soft launch. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I mean, you lose any appeal of like midnight launches and stuff, mm-hmm. but in a digital age, you kind of... Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really feel you lose that appeal anyway because there's still an idea of, you know everybody is lining up and waiting and just getting ready and everybody's going to start at the same time and you know yeah. everyone's going to be at the same time. And I mean, Blizzard's whole thing is that, you know, they don't need to release on the holiday or like over the summer or whatever. They're just like, look, when we do it, that it's going to be it. You're all going to party. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also just the idea that digital release, hard release dates yeah. cause a lot of server crashes. Yeah. But I mean, when it when it does roll out, they're already going to have like all the people from the beta that already have it installed and are already in the system. Yeah, you know? true. And they won't need to do much. Yeah. Like, um, I imagine they will be able to preload, like, a lot of the assets and stuff. Like, they might already be doing it to just to make that launch softer. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's coming out, and that'll be interesting to watch as we get closer. Yeah. Um, what were the other things that you had news about? Um... Well, we just played some Fighting is Magic. We did. The uh, leaked Evo version, yep. which they got all mad about. Yeah. Um, but also, like, it's out there now. Uh, most of what I've been seeing coming out has been... Um, Based on this build that you have here? Yeah, people keep posting videos about, you know, uh, gameplay elements, combo strings. Basically, people are, like, you know, working Trying out. To, to learn this system. They're trying to do, like, temporary facts and stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh People are working on it, so I finally found one of the versions, and I put it on the arcade machine, and we played a little bit of it. Yep. And it's kind of a fighting game. It is definitely that. Uh, I like, uh, I mean, uh, as we said before when we were over there talking about it, not on mics, like, I don't have any investment in pony stuff, but... um, and mechanically, like, I'm not a big fighting game guy, so I don't really have much to say on either of those accounts specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like their art. Like, both the, the splash art on, like, the character select is really cool, and the animation, it, like, is really fluid. Yep. And you were saying that the, the voices were, like, really 
spot on for the, the characters. Surprisingly spot on, yeah. Um, at least for the four that are in there already. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, mechanically, like I said, I think it feels a bit like a Melty Blood. Um, with the with the way that it has, like, this, like, very, like, snappy between attacks. Mm. Um, and not that there's infinite combos, but, but there is a sense of, like, you know, maybe... I don't know if there are infinites in Melty Blood. Uh, okay, maybe there aren't either, but, like... I don't know. There's like all... super long combo chains. Or, or j- just the way to like, like, like in, in Melty Blood and kind of in this, I feel like it's not a bad, it, it seems like you could just like wail on the light attack button and just mm. kind of keep going. And like the way you get around that is like, they just hit you with a projectile or something or, or like, I'm not even sure. I've never done that because I always want to hit harder and do interesting things, but it's just an idea of like, you can just, there, there's not a lot of, you know, like flame frame delay or, or, not a lot of recoil. Not from a lot attacks. of recoil and recovery. That's what yeah. it was. Um, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the way it feels. It feels snappy. Um, it's weird that every character is quadrupedal. <laughs> you know, put your face closest to your enemy. I don't think that's a very good defensive strategy. Yeah, I don't know. But um, horses. Yeah, I I really wish. Again, since this is like a leaked version, there's not anything official to it. There's no single player mode. It's versus only four characters. Mm-hmm. Um, one stage, one song. Yep. And I wish I should probably go and look up like what people are learning about these characters because there are special moves in there. Yep. Each character has two different gauges. Yep. There's like the super gauge, and then there's some kind of like emblemy gauge thing. Yeah, there's a unique gauge which, if you notice, for different characters, it's even shaped differently, fills up. With different uses and or fills up from different ways and is probably has different uses. I don't think we figured out how to do <clears> any of them. Well, because I think like for Twilight Sparkle, when she throws pages around, okay, I think that is how she expends that gauge, and also by you know reading pages is how she charges it. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of like uh, the Blue sort of thing, where each character has like a specific gimmick to them that is yeah. their unique. It is thing. a gimmick gauge. Yeah, I believe that's what's going on, but like, I'm still trying to figure. Like, I've only figured out maybe like one special move for each character. Um, two, if I was lucky, and it was quarter circle back and quarter circle forwards. Yeah. So I don't even know what's going on. Um, I mean, it's being a three button fighter, and it's. Has there been any uh, word out from the developers? I know <clears throat> that they've been really hush since like their shit leaked. Not that I've seen. Okay. Um, which, you know, that's what they said they were going to do because they got pissed. Their trust was violated. I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, but just going from what we're seeing here, like, uh, like I feel like I can't say much so I know more about what's going on mm. because, you know, I feel like there's half of the game I'm not playing just because I can't intuit it. Yeah. Um, but with that out there, then I think I could say more. But, you know, again, like, they are making a very nice package, even if it's not mechanically interesting. Mm. But it seems like there is a hook in there to be mechanically interesting. We just um, don't know how to get to it right now. Because <laughs> we're not... I mean, at least I'm not, like, an analytical fighting game person. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I am either, but, yeah. you know. you There's one... I know one super move, which is just hit him really hard with your face. Yeah. Um, you were doing that lassoing thing pretty, pretty handily. Yeah, because that was, like, a quarter circle back, and that's, yeah. like, a whip catch kind of thing. Um but yeah, so none that's... of these characters so far as I've seen have a hurricane kick, 
And so I am unenthused about basically all future development of this game. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, if if there is going to be a vinyl scratch in the game, I am happy. Okay. Because uh, goggles. Do you think and DJs? Do you think they will have that little Spyro dragon as a playable character? Spike. Sure. I would actually see him more. You remember in like the old NES tennis, the way that Mario was sitting as a referee. Yeah, I imagine he would take more of that. Or like when you're playing uh, some Puyo Puyo, and you'll have that little star guy standing in between the fields. Yeah, I would imagine Spike more in that kind of position. Okay, he he is uh, he is fills sort of a secretarial role. <laughs> In Equestria. The secretary of the fight games. Yeah. I mean, he... Is there any sort of context given to these pony fights? Is this some kind of blood sport? Because uh, I know that there is, you know, uh, the occasional grim darkening of pony shit. Yep. Like, I've seen weird art going around Tumblr of, like, you know, just weird gory pony art. Yep. <laughs> um... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I've this seen. This game doesn't really have any of that. Like, it's the it's really on model and cute. Yeah, as it is. Well, like they may try to contextualize it because there is that option on the front of the on the the front menu for story mode, which mm-hmm. you can't access. You can't even highlight it. Um, but. I don't know. Like it, they are definitely thinking like mechanical first. I hope um, that it is just any generic fighting game story. Like you've got your talking portrait. It's like, huh? I really wish I could find that thing. And then somebody else walks into frame and is like, "You're looking for that thing too? Let's fight!" And it's just ponies. Yep. I hope it's that. Maybe if they introduce some sort of. Uh... Okay, so in the show, there's the idea of the ele- the elements of friendship. Okay. Tell me about them. Well, the, are they sharing and caring? Uh, charity is one of them. Okay. Uh, loyalty. Okay. Gentleness. Okay. Craziness. Possibly laughter. Craziness? And magic. Magic. And magic is the last element. <laughs> I thought friendship is magic, though. Magic can't be part of friendship. Uh, That's not how definitions work. So what I'm hoping is that there are some logical holes in this friendship elements business. Introduce, like, the elements of punching. Punching? Perhaps miffedness? (laughs) Miffedness. The elements of peeved. Yeah. Peevedness. And it's kind of just like, like, bucking? And yelling and projectiles <laughs> and super counters. Yes, and parry. You gotta have the parry. Yeah. Gay parry. Man. We'll know how what this game's about once Daigo gets in. Oh dude. He's Daigo. gonna parry like an entire super of some sort, and then he's gonna punch Chun Li, who's in the game. What about Wild Daigo? He's I prefer him. <laughs> he's got like wider swings, but <laughs> Rival schools! Does he he take more damage or something? Is that his thing? No, I think he's just mainly, like, slower. Okay. Like, he has, like, much shorter combos, and I think maybe he's a bit longer on, like, grabs and stuff. Okay. But then he will ruin you. Yeah. Um, Because he's red. 
I'm trying to remember how. Oh, and when you call him in as an assist, he hurts both characters in play. Yeah. You and your opponent. Oh, so good. I like that game. I love that game. I like whoever it is. I think it's chairperson who like wheels out the chalkboard and it's just like punch them here and punch them here and punch them here and punch them here and your combo gauge goes up. Yep. He's like, I get it now. Get guts back. And then is it normal Daigo that comes out and just like slaps you on the back and gives you like an attack boost? Nope. That's uh Oh. Was no, Hayato makes you shoot a fireball. Oh, yeah, he punches you so hard that a fireball comes out of your chest. I don't think it's Daigo. Daigo has the the bamboo sword, right? No, that's Hayato. Oh, that's Hayato. Hayato, Hayato. Never mind then. Hayato. I'm thinking of Hayato. What about Skullamania? (laughs) A.K.A. Powered Akira. So, did you have another thing, or are we just going to finish this out by talking about Revengeance? Uh, I had Hawken. Oh, you want to talk about Hawken a bit? Yes. All right, let's talk about Hawken. So there was recently another short-lived closed beta for Hawken, uh, the weekend of like the 12th or something. I don't know about dates. Something like that. Um, so I finally got to play this game and got damn. It's a game. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, I gushed about it on Twitter a bit. I like the way that that game moves and looks and feels. Mm-hmm. They have a really solid style to it, which is made of metal and janky. Yep. Um, Like, I don't know if it's in every mode, but, like, I remember I was doing the big, uh, like, the battleship siege mode where you have to, like, grab energy and bring it back to your base. Yep. And, like, as the match is starting, it comes up with this HUD diagnostic thing, and it's like, this thing working. This is working. This is working. That's broken. That's broken. This is working. That's broken. Mm -hmm. Uh... Auto shutdown override go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's it's a totally non-gameplay thing, but it kind of sets the, the so, tone of it. Yeah. It's just like, look, we strapped this thing together and it's doing its best. Get out there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, they gave you a whole bunch, during the closed beta, they gave everybody like a whole bunch of fun bucks to just kind of unlock shit and see what was there. Yep. I got the Infiltrator mech, mm-hmm. uh, which it... All the mechs have, like, uh, an inherent ability and then, like, three utility slots. There's, like, Mm -hmm. an offensive tool, a defensive tool, and a support tool. So the Infiltrator's thing is it has a cloaking device. I don't know how effective it is because I never saw it in third person. Right. Um, I imagine it's less effective as you are, like, boosting and stuff because I kind of got noticed a couple times. Maybe they can still see the fire. Possibly. Um. My preferred thing to do was I took the radar scrambler, which was the support item. Uh, I don't, I forget which defensive item I took. I think like a hologram or something. And then the for the attack item, there was like a remote detonated floating mine. So I would cloak, run up on someone, deploy one of those mines, shoot the manually triggered grenade launcher that the infiltrator has. Detonate both of them on them simultaneously, and then fly the fuck away if they weren't dead. Yep. Sounds like a pretty good way to be. Yeah. I just used the, um... Was it still called the Brawler, or did they, they rename it the Berserker in this one? I think it's Berserker. The one with, like, the flat cannon? The one that had the attack boost as yeah. its internal. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it was basically exactly like the Assault Mech, except uh, I have uh, fire control tendency so i don't need the cooldown ability yeah um and then i was just like all right now give me all the health and all the attack damage yeah um 
Like talking about, about the way that game feels, it does feel really good. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's sort of straddling a line between like mech game and another shooter. Yeah, a uh, bit. Because I turned my mouse sensitivity way up, and now I can swing that thing around wherever I want. Yeah, and they, you can control like how much like cockpit sway lag there is, like how fast it will actually mm. track your your crosshair. And I imagine if you wanted to play that competitively, you would just get rid of that entirely and just have it, you know, be there, feel less mechy but perform better. And also just like the amount of like speed that you get up with the you know the boosting mm-hmm. and the jetpacking. Yeah. Um, but I think what it does is it doesn't have a sense of, or like you have less momentum, mm. like every movement you make yeah. is discreet. Like, like you're stepping around and even though the turning may be wide, it's like, it's like, but you do have like the, the quick dodge boosts and you can actually just do a quick 180 with the boost too. Yeah. But, but there's that idea of like, all right, I'm going to boost, but when I get to the end of the boost, I'm going to stop for a second and then start walking again. Yeah. And like every time I land, I'm going to stop for a second and start like it, it, it does a lot to be like, um, you know. If you're moving fast, it's probably because you're running away. Um, or, mm. or like, uh, every weapon pretty much has, like, a pretty good, uh, like, refresh time. Mm. So that that way, like, you have a sense of, like, you need to time, like, you need to get your timing right to go, you know, dodge as your opponent is shooting. Because otherwise, he is going to shoot you just as you come to a stop and you're going to get lit up. Yeah. Um, so while it is not, like, the... So so even though it is actually pretty quick and pretty fluid, they make it just sort of uh, discreet enough. Like like you need to you know, you are making movement with uh, with a purpose, and just like all right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and that does keep uh, a very mech feeling about it. Yeah. Um, even though it is not the I'm gonna slow down about three blocks back so I don't fall over when I turn. <laughs> which I it, like that, that part that too, yeah. but. You know, but but so even though like it is there definitely is no clutch pedal, yeah, <laughs> it is definitely you know closer to a modern shooter. But they have this interesting like rhythm and timing, and it, it's basically they're giving a certain rhythm to the game. Like you know, mm-hmm. when you pause, like how long each action takes. Like I, I don't, I find the like the the machine like assault rifles and some machine guns and stuff. Like, how do you feel about those? Um. I'm okay with them. But it's like, like it's all about the rockets, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Well, like they're there and with the cooldown, you know, you either need to slow yourself down or you just you unload it all at once and then you have to cool down for a while. So, again, still that thing mm-hmm. about timing. And then rockets, you fire one and then you have to wait a little while before you fire again. Yeah. Like on the uh, the infiltrator mech, like it, it's a light mech with pretty ridiculously heavy weapons. Like, every mech basically has the secondary, which is specific to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, the missile one has, like, the, the multi-missile launcher, and the sniper has the big sniper cannon. So the mech specific, uh, the infiltrator-specific one is that grenade launcher. And then for its, I forget if they're, if that's the primary or if that's the secondary or whatever. But for the other slot, it's either the assault rifle or the heat cannon. Mm-hmm. So you can just be double cannon. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Pretty pretty great way to be. Um, yeah. I, I feel like there is going to be a level of tactical depth to that game that I'm pretty happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there are... There's, like, the power-up tree that I'm not really sure how that works because I never really leveled up my mech enough to use that. I mean, it seems like a lot of that is, like, 
just sort, sort of like, little incremental bonuses. Yeah, like passive bonuses too. Yeah. So just as you play over time, you'll get stronger in the way you want to. In my mind, I'm sort of comparing it to uh, the mastery system from League of Legends. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be very much as Which like is that. basically like, you know, until you hit, you know, the level 30, it's just like, it gives you this feeling of progression. It's like, oh, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting stronger. And then once you hit level 30, it's like, okay, now this is how I spec myself into whatever role that I'm going into. Yeah. And then that on top of like the, you know, the support items and the attack the items. Internal items. The internal items, which are like passive things. Like, I think there's going to be a tactical depth to that game that I'm going to appreciate. I think my, my main holdup with the game is that my computer is having some trouble running it. Yep. Because it looks... I could, I could see how that might influence your opinion. Like, I, I like the idea that there's going to be a, a tacticalness to the game, just like with layout and, like, you know, working in teams and building complementary, like, specking out to each other. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they plan on putting, like, clan-type systems into place in that game but um i can't appreciate any of that yet because i'm still having enough trouble like shooting people and aiming at them instead of where they were Mm -hmm. um like i i can't tell if i'm just bad at that game or if i just can't be good because my computer cannot keep up and be where i want it to be yeah to you know kill dudes and pay attention um which is sort of a shame and like it's, I haven't really had fun with it because of that so far. That's a shame. It really is a shame. Um, but like I like what they're doing. I like their art style. I do like the way it feels. You know, and the few moments when I do have uh, a frame rate <laughs> and not just a frame. Yep. And a frame per second. <laughs> and. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go with sort of a, a depth of that game. Mm. Uh, like having the way you spec out is kind of cool. But again, there's... If anything, like I feel like they've done it a little backwards. How uh, so? Again, with the idea of like, you know, you go to a mech game and I'm there to see... I'm basically there to see how many, you know, guns I can cram on. Yeah, you know, yeah. If I'm like, well, what if I don't have jets? All right, that's two more lasers. What if I, you know, can't really run anymore or can only run for half the time? All right, that's another me- m- another missile. All right. that There's sort of like a balance there. But especially with the way that you get like, you know, a locked secondary mm-hmm. and like one alternate primary. Like that's sort of weird. Like, Like even if there's going to be a tactical depth, I feel like... And again, it's it's me and that League of Legends style of progression where, like, you know, here's another, you know, 2% mm-hmm. when you level up. Like, I, I, that, I never feel like I'm actually progressing yeah, in yeah. games like that because, like, it, that it's just below my tolerance to notice an increase. Um, well, I think the, the more important thing in systems like that isn't sort of the, the incremental feeling of progression as you're going up it, but just the amount that it lets you... You know, once you have, like, 30 levels of that rather than just another one. Yeah. You know, the amount that it lets you change your performance. Yeah. Which, but then, you know, you, you want to do the same thing. Like, how is it going to balance for, you know, players who are maxed out versus new players? Because yeah. at that point, it's you're going to die too much for it to be fun to put all that time yeah. in. Well, the way League separates it is just that, you know, once you hit level 30, that's when actually, like, ranked matches start. You know, yeah. that's when you get your ELO and everything. 
but before in, that, it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. But ranking doesn't matter because you can't play because you're constantly dead. Yeah. Like, you're not playing the game. You're waiting around at that point. Wait, what? To, just, like, to actually play the game, not about, like, stats or anything. Like, you, if you're dead, waiting to be alive again to take actions. M- more in League, for me. Um, okay. Although, although, I think in time, they've actually, like, knocked down the weight on the death timer. It's based on level. Is it? Yeah. Is it longer when you're low level? No. No, because then I've only gone up level, and I swear it's shorter now than it was before. No, it's based on your character, on your hero level, your champ level, not your summoner level. It's based on your champ's level in-game. The higher level you are, the longer you stay dead. Oh, I thought it was just the more times you die, the longer it takes. No. Oh. I always thought it was that way. Well, <clears throat> but even in, like, even in Hawken, like... Especially with the way that they're splitting it, like there is the sort of there's money mm-hmm. to buy the different things to outfit your mech with, and then there's like experience that buys the the passive boosts, and then there's also experience on a per mech level. I'm not entirely sure what that does. I th- yeah, me neither. I feel like there are systems at play, but but at a certain point, it's like well, you know, especially on like the per mech level. Because if you if yeah. you own like three or four mechs, like I feel like that could almost be an instance of like um, stretching yourself too thin, so you're just slowing down the progression even more. Yeah, um, with with games with progressions <laughs> like that, like I stopped playing League of Legends because I realized just how much time it would take to get to, you know, the level cap and be able to play, you know, what actually is the balanced game. Yeah, especially if you only feel like doing like one or two matches a day. Yeah. Which some people can just go and play all day. That, But if you're not going to, you know, dive in and play that way, that game takes a long time. Yeah. I've never started a new account. I still don't think I'm at 15. Well, when's the last time you played anyway? Months ago? Yeah, but like no more than six. Maybe not even four. <laughs> no more than half a year ago. Hey, to be fair, like when was the last time we were all into League? It was over a year ago. Yeah. So. Anyway. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, Hawk, like just the, the little bit of Hawk and I played this time, kind of just made me want to go back and revisit Blacklight. Yeah? Yeah. I like that game, too. We should play that I sometime. really like that game. It runs better. Um, I spend about the same amount of time dead. <laughs> so... Then again, you know, also Black Ops just came out, and if you're looking for a game where you look down sights... Yeah, but in Blacklight, you get to build a weird gun and then also call down a mech suit for yourself. Exactly. Like, I don't know. What's the fucking comparison? Black Ops 2, they now have a microwave gun that you set down. <laughs> yeah. So, and the nuke is a swarm of drones that eat people or something. They're, like, making a pretty good argument these days. Yeah, they are. I mean, they did some, <laughs> they did like some weird tech shit in 3 that was kind of cool. Like, you could get, like, an anti-grenade thing. Like, it was this weird thing that you deployed, and then it shot down incoming grenades. That's pretty cool. That's kind of nifty. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, so, um, <laughs> Zone of the Enders HD, huh? Yeah! Jehuti in 1080p. Damn Barum! Vic Viper! I never you, played the first one. Should I pick that up? No. Okay. You want to just borrow mine? Like, it's really bland. 
No, I want to get the HD collection. Oh. And then I can play the Revengeance demo. Oh, dude, Revengeance. So let's talk a little bit about Revengeance, because I could go on about the this for a while. It wouldn't really be that interesting anyway. But, so... Holy shit. Uh... Yeah, let's talk about Revengeance, grumble, 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 grumble cakes. Yeah. Oh, I would love some cake. And some wings. Fi- let's talk the, about Revengeance and get some wings. Finish the podcast and then we can go get some wings. So. Would someone wrangle him? <laughs> no, look at all these limbs. What? You remember in uh, Deus Ex and you went to limb clinic? Oh, yeah. I never got any replacements. I just got additions. Oh, what? What does that have to do with wrangling? <laughs> twelve arms. Have you ever tried to wrangle your twelve arms? Have you ever seen the movie Rango? That dude could grow new tails. I saw like the first five minutes of Rango. Does the tail count as a limb? Yes. Okay, good. So, so is it, no. In Metal Gear Solid. Wait. Nope. No. With Zone of the Enders one, they gave the Metal Gear Solid two demo. Now, in the Zone of the Enders HD collection, they've put out the Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. There it is. It's Metal Gear Rising (laughs) Revengeance. So what's of note? Because all I took from what I saw of it was that Raiden has some sick heals. Um, yeah. Like, (laughs) Platinum Games, we know them from Vanquish and Bayonetta. There's, like, the two things that we need to look backwards to pay attention to for this, I feel. Yeah. Um, and... Both of them very stylish, energetic games. Right. So they got that going on. Um, there's, like, a high energy to it. It moves very fast. Although, there is a bit of an emphasis on stealth kills. Yes. Melee stealth kills. Yes. So, Tenchu. Like, yeah. th- like there is a thing, it seems that... If you stealth kill an enemy or kill them in the correct way, you, you have a chance to cut them open and rip out their heart. And that will repower your cell thing. But the way it shows you this by putting a giant kanji on the screen to just be like, yo, you can get their hearts now. Do it and we'll give you a little bit of like slow-mo blade time. Yeah, however it's like put in the context of, oh, they're cyborgs and you're taking your power cells. You still cut a dude in half, rip a thing out, he crushes it in his hands, a kanji flashes up on the screen, and then the dude falls in half. Yeah. Or into 12 pieces, depending how many tries you needed to get the heart. Um, but also, like, it is a game where it looks like it looks like you have a jump button, a blade button, a light and heavy attacks, mm-hmm. and some sort of, like, ninja run for traversing areas and, like, running up walls and stuff. Um, and compared, like, in a movement sense, comparing that to a Vanquish, it seems a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Or it seems a bit more light. And comparing that to a Bayonetta... Like, it seems a bit lighter of just having, like, light and heavy. And also, I imagine you're only basically going to have the blade. Like, you need that blade the entire game. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see him using any guns or any sub-weapons or anything. I think I've seen... Or, no, there, there were grenades. So there are at least, like, consumable items that can yeah, be used. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I've seen him, like, picking up a cannon off a thing and using it in other material. I don't know if that was just, like, some pre-rendered cutscene stuff. I mean, it could happen. Yeah. Um... I could imagine cutting the machine gun off a gecko or something and then picking up that machine gun. Yeah. But also, I mean, it seems to have, like, multiple gauges in play for, like, health and blade time and stealth mechanics and I'm not even sure what else. Yeah. So, kinetic barriers, maybe? Maybe maybe that is the equivalent. 
maybe that is the equivalent of a sharpness gauge. It maybe, uh, yeah. And it seems like like you need to do like certain amounts of combos to get an opponent into a stun mode where you can cut them in half. Some things mm. will not cut by their nature. Um, <laughs> Some things are indivisible. Right. Under God. Uh, not Wonder Boy. Uh, not Atomic Boy. Not Atomic Robo. What? Not Adamant. Astro Boy. What about Astro Boy? He's Adam. And he's indivisible. <laughs> no, he's not. Shush. This is hard enough. Um, he's got that little flap on his butt that comes off to refuel him. <laughs> Tezuka, you dirty bird. Tezuka. So, I, the, the footage I was watching. Yeah? I don't know if the person was just playing poorly and not paying attention or if there is like levels of complexity to that game, which were just not apparent from watching Um, because I was looking at it going like, no, this seems pretty simple. Everything you have to do. And then at that point you kind of just run through and cut dudes. Mm -hmm. And um, at that point it's like, well, how do you make this interesting besides giving you crazier things to fight in the same similar fashion, Mm -hmm. which Mega Man so I'll take it. <laughs> um, but also maybe, I don't know, either I'm missing something or the person playing just wasn't very good at it. Um, I won't really be able to say till I get my hands on it, mm-hmm. but I am excited to get my hands on it. Cause yeah. I like, like if you can give me like a simple, like regular fighting system, but with that interesting hook, like the hook is finesse. It's just like, yeah, mash on buttons for a while, but then to get really good, there's like this one section that's really finicky that you need to yeah. get really good at. You just need to be able to get that cut off. Yeah. And getting very good at one thing. Yeah. What's up? Hey. Uh, Autism. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, so I'm, I want to get my hands on that game. Me too. Really... I'm excited. I always have liked how like over the top and ridiculous the stories of Metal Gear games have been. Yeah. Like, they are always entirely insane. And I would like to see how the minds that came up with the, like, scenarios in Bayonetta and Vanquish, their take on that sort of... Just that level of... Yeah, I mean, like... (laughs) I mean... I don't. I'm not entirely sure how. But... Kojima is insane, and these guys are maybe a different kind of crazy. Yeah, and I would be interested to see what sort of just like, how, just how they would take on over the top like narrative they they do with the Metal Gear universe. Because it's like you look at something like Bayonetta, you don't need to care about the story. You want to talk like we were talking last week about Halo Four, and like you could t- you could care about the story, but they don't do a good job of telling it. Mm-hmm. And then there's Metal Gear, where and I like, don't really care about the story, but I do care about the scenes. Like, I, I don't know, like, Metal Gear, I can name you a lot of specifics yeah. from a lot of individual Metal Gear games that do not carry over. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because they're so long or they talk so much about it in relation to how much you play that it just, like, sinks in, but... I, I doubt they're going to get to that level in here. Mm-hmm. The question is, will they still make something that like 
is worth caring about. Because that's the sort of thing about Bayonetta. Like, there is a story there. Time-traveling witches and stuff. Yeah. Punch it, angels. Not worth caring about. <laughs> like, like, that is one where the scene is the important. Like, yeah. you are, you know, you're summoning demons made out of hair and punching angel gargoyles. Yeah. Um, but, like, Metal Gear Rising and, and, like, the Metal Gear games, like, you do have some scenes that yeah. are pretty great. But also there is, like, a story in there with enough depth that you could get into it if you put the effort. And the overall like, narrative to me, though, has always been such a mess that the thing I care about most is basically just when they utilize all of that crazy bullshit to make, like, an emotionally and gameplay, like, an emotionally powerful scene and interesting gameplay. Like, which scene? Like, at like say, at the end of MGS3 where you have to shoot the boss. Yeah. Like, all of the, you know, crazy backstory of, you know, who she was in relation to Big Boss and everything. Yeah. Like, all just kind of led to that. And it was like, here is this thing that you have to do now I because mean, of all this. I mean, and, like, the part in MGS4 where you were riding on Eva's motorcycle and, like, shooting down all this stuff. Like, it has this weird emotional thing to it because, like, she's Solid Snake's surrogate mother and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just this Which weird, you, crazy you, bullshit that comes out oh, in the gameplay to some emotional effect. Yeah. Like, I, I feel I feel like there's, like, some good storytelling in there and some just crazy storytelling. And I like the crazy, though. Like, I like the yeah, ass no, pulls. Like, I like the crazy, but the thing is, like, sometimes it can get in the way of the appreciation of, like, the stuff that is, like, sort of, like, genuinely, like, good mm. and rational. Yeah. Because basically, um, like, especially in playing Peace Walker, like, just... Like, the story of Big Boss going from, like, the, you know, the the apprentice soldier under yeah. the boss. And, you know, not, not even just what he did, but, you know, without her in the picture, him sort of coming to terms with what he's going to do and trying to interpret her message. And, you know, coming to terms with it in the end, just taking on this role of, like, no, this is what I need to do. Like, yeah. like the... The progression of Big Boss as a character over Peace Walker, I find, like, really compelling, actually. I do, too. Like... And that's, like, a good piece of storytelling. Never mind that it's, what like, Vietnam and they're building flying, singing robots that kidnap uh, it's, people? It's South America. It's uh, Nicaragua. But, I mean, time period? Isn't that... I mean, same general time period. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, you're shooting dudes with balloons? Yeah. Like, like I like ridiculous stuff. Get a robo. Okay, but it, like Vocaloid robots might be a bit. <laughs> yeah, like that sort of thing. Like you see that, and you're like, this is this is goddamn crazy. What are they even thinking? And like you may miss or you may forget that some of those good elements are in there, mm. but there are emotional scenes sometimes. And like it's true. Like the fact that the boss had you know a cohort who was covered in bees has <laughs> nothing to do with the emotional impact of that scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's like it's like this weird thing about like we're going to make a crossover, like we're going to do a good story and then we're going to have sections of story that make the video game part good and then we're going to have the video game part which is all going to be pretty good. Yeah. So like you have these emotional moments from the storytelling and then, and then here's something these crazy goddamn insane things. And then the crazy things make for, I mean, I want to I feel like there's like video uh, like indie games that we could look at where there's a, a, like the only part of story is, you know, Guy walks in from the right, covered in bees, punches a girlfriend in the stomach, and walks out on a dragon. <laughs> and, like, if I tell you that that's the story of this game, aren't you excited now to get your hands on this game and give yeah, it a shot? It. So, like, 
there's something about like like for good storytelling, you don't always want to hear the ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. Although some, get a robo, like you do. But like at the same time, it's like it's always about like you know, you want to. The part that makes a video game good is like here's a ridiculous thing that's cool, and you get to yeah. do it. And of like, course, cool is hard to quantify though. I'm just interested that like to see like which way they go with it. No, I mean just like there is so much just bullshit in those games that I recognize it's just like what the fuck are you doing? Like now he's he has Liquid's arm and the nano machines have entered his body and changed his personality, but was it just auto hypnosis the entire time or was it because he's a medium? I don't give a fuck, but I still like these games. It it makes it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that is a system to learn. <laughs> that is like... Like Game of Thrones, except each family is a nanomachine or a ghost or something. <laughs> is that a fair... <laughs> Maybe. Okay, I haven't seen Game of Thrones. Me neither. Or whatever. Um... Oh, Metal Gear. The politics of the interactions between robots and ghosts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this oh, this is why God. I want to go like bring in like at least uh, Paul Chapman and be like, hey, I have some theories about what narrative is and storytelling. <laughs> is it all politics? But sometimes the politicians are ghosts and robots. Can you can you sit it on a movie with us? It is Metal Gear Solid Three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like 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 some of that is bullshit. But like. Like calling it bullshit. Like which which part of it is bullshit? Because there's like ridiculous stuff, which I think is great, and there's like actual good story moments, which I think is great. Is the bullshit it's, the fact that they're trying to pass them off together? I think it's some of the times when they are trying to be serious, but just the. I mean, playing something straight face is a classic way of being ridiculous. Yeah, like the. I mean, that is why they are called the straight man. It's just like, nope, this is all right. I'm rolling. But, but with just this. the amount of times that like they present you with some piece of information, and it's like. You know, this is how it is. And it's like in the next game, like, no, don't you see? This is how it was. And now this is how it is. Okay, but did you ever play Kingdom Hearts and then Kingdom Hearts 2? No. Okay, that does it way worse than Metal Gear Solid does. I'm sure. Because, like, you you watch it and you get the sense that they were rewriting it. Like, as they were going along, they were just being like, like, they, I swear they almost come, like, they come straight out and say, like, no, this character was lying when he told you who he was. He was actually this guy. Like, like, especially in the Metal Gear sense, when you're dealing with, like, secretive organizations and, like, you know, covered up world history and stuff. Like, there's there's a place for it within that, you know, that narrative. I I think sometimes they just do it a little too hard. (laughs) Maybe. Or it's maybe it's like, like the space that they leave open. They try to cram as much as they can yeah. in that space. It, it's kind of like, um, but that—that's ballsy. Yeah, it and is. that's respectable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose maybe if they're trying to leave you with some kind of question, like, it's well, not, it's, what was it? I don't know. Yeah. Is Vamp a vampire? Maybe he did get shot in the head, but nano machines? I don't know. Who's this other guy? Yeah, like that's sort of. I, I think by the end of four, they didn't really leave any new spaces. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember, but like they kind of like explained vamp. They explained things. I don't think they explained fortune, but they kind of did at the end of two. Yeah, I think they kind of already did. I think they needed like three, and it would have actually explained it. Because there's something like I don't know, 
fucking magnet, I guess. <laughs> there was this magnet thing on her belt, but then she pushed all those missiles away. I guess it was magic after all. Because she's also a medium. <laughs> I mean, I mean, also... Was she also, like, related to the sorrow? I mean, if anything, like, in, in like, Metal Gear Solid and almost Kojima games in general, like, that is sort of like a fallback they have always used. Like, is this a supernatural world? Like, I know we've already seen ghosts and stuff, but then there's a lot of, like, like mental telekinesis stuff that could be, you know, auto-hypnosis or just nanomachines. Yeah. Like, how supernatural is this world? Yeah, like, we did see ghosts one time, but it was while this dude was unconscious floating through a river. Psychomantis. <laughs> Psychomantis. There's a psychomantis. <laughs> but then I changed the controller port. Yeah. Where does that fit in your canon? God, Especially I... when he says you use the other... I really love Metal Gear. Yeah. Yeah. I take back everything I said about some of the <laughs> bullshit being, like, overwrought and too much. Yeah. Like, like that thing. Like, that, God like, that's, damn. Like, that's the thing. Like, like it, it's the kind of thing where you look at it and you seriously go, you went there, you went there, that's what you're going to do with this? But then you're like, son of a bitch, you did it. All right, well, good on you. Well, I mean, it's not like it's crazier than anything else you tried. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like it, it is, if anything, I'll give you that it's bullshit at the moment, but in retrospective, he's just like, all right, good on you. Yeah. You, you, you stuck to it and you followed through. He, right. he doesn't miss on that follow through. Yeah. So that's the thing, like, uh, Platinum Games, like. <laughs> Back to the original point. Let's see how much, bull, like, crazy bullshit they go for. Like, but that's the thing. Like, like, we already have the dissemination of Cyber Ninja technology as the basis for a game, and that is a strong starting point. Yeah, like, okay, so at the end of the demo, it looks like you face off against a robotic dog AI. Yeah, uh, with, like, a who chainsaw. Is, who is completely sentient, even to the point of recognizing that he's been programmed not to question his own sentience and why he doesn't just go out and kill humanity and take it over because he's so much smarter than it. He's <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. They programmed me not to do that, so I'm not going to. All right. And I know that, but whatever. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if they're going to go in the side of, like, Ghosts and child soldiers? Well, I mean, Raiden's there, so child soldiers, I guess, are in there. I don't know if there's going to be a Sunny for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much they're going to bring in Raiden's kid, because I think the idea is this face takes place like four years after the events of oh, 4. Oh, yeah, they had a kid. Yeah. Um, like, it could, it could be one of those things where they go for like the overly dramatic, but... You know, by using those shortcuts, like, oh, your kid is in danger, your wife yeah. is in danger, this person, oh, now it's the world's on a scale. Like, that's sort of thing about it, like, like, <laughs> okay, this is going to sound funny, but there's a certain subtlety to how Metal Gear Solid does things <laughs> that makes the emotional impact more powerful. Because that's the thing, like, like, you know, boss and big boss. Yeah. That is like master and apprentice. Like, there's no blood relation, there's no kids, there's like... There's, like, a respectable thing there. And that is harder to make into such, like, an emotional moment at the end of the game. Like, you actually need to go in and, like, show the way they interact and show that, like, like, like you know, it's like they say, like, you know, to have the kid in danger is a shortcut. Yeah. But if you can, like, you know, have it just not be their kid, that forces you to show why it is just as important of a relationship as, like, a, a parent and child. And then that makes it, you know works so much better because it's not it's not it's not just you know it's um it's like an optical illusion no okay go on go on 
there, there's been, you know, there's a number of optical illusions where, like, it's, it shows you, like, four lines, mm-hmm. and then your brain puts it together and says, like, oh, no, you know, I can fill in the rest of this, and I know that because of how these are laid out, like, oh, this could be a nut, this could be, you know, you know, is it is it a cup or is it two faces? Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, by putting it a kid, is like putting a picture of a face. Yeah. Whereas what, you know, what Metal Gear tried to do in a lot of cases is just, like, lay something out and be like, oh, I can see how this is a face. And, like... Or like, like it takes something that is just lines and molds it into a face. It shows you that this is a face. So that metaphor got a little weird, <laughs> but again, it's the difference of like shortcut between showing and Metal Gear talks long enough that it really has yeah. a chance to show everything. And then it'll just be like giant and shaman. Yeah, and you're like, all right. Okay. And also, you- Johnny pooped. Johnny poops sometimes. Johnny poops all the time. <laughs> That's the problem with Johnny. <laughs> But yeah, like, I don't think... That's the thing about Platinum Games, is like, their gameplay style. If they want to bring in, like, you know, crazy AIs, if they want to bring in ghosts, if they want to do these things, (laughs) I have not seen them... I think they're going to be oblique about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they're going to very much be, you know... I would expect them to pull the thing like, no, now your kid is in danger, and that's going to be your stakes. And just be like, oh, okay, we're going for it. Especially with a character like Raiden, who has, like, you know, established relationships with people that like you know he's got his girlfriend and yeah. his daughter or son or whatever it is but that do not know the nature of his child but like they, they, they may push it and go like this is your clone son <laughs> who you know is about to get who we've been raising as a child soldier to fight against you les enfants terribles de or, or yeah but like or no like like your clone child is going to be stolen by the sentient AI robot dog with chainsaws on tentacles for arms. And he is, you know, about to be dropped inside the pool of acid spikes inside of the, you know, Mount Fuji laboratory facility secret. That is also a Metal Gear. Yeah. The mountain is a Metal Gear. So, like, I'm pretty sure they will be able to get the ridiculousness, Mm -hmm. but they will not have the... it feels so wrong to say Metal Gear Solid has subtlety. <laughs> wow. But, like, that's the thing. Like, because like, they do that thing where they're talking about, like, no, these are your clones. These are kind of essentially your kids. They never come out and tell you that it's your kid and tell you to treat it like that. And over time, you just have to go, like, wow, they might, you know, that could be, like, an issue of, like, whether I do or not. Wait, is that a thing in, in Revengeance? Like, are there a bunch of Raiden clones? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm talking about Les Enfants. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because especially then when you bring back Ava and like you mm. had this thing about like, you know, here's Big Boss and Ava and they were they were pretty much like set to be a couple. And then she goes and becomes a mother of his yeah. you know, kids in a sense. But there was never that connection between them. So there's like there is a sort of sense of subtlety where you can see how these things are going to happen. But they don't just come out and say like, yo, this is your kid. Go save him. Metal Gear Solid Revengeance coming in the future. Um, yeah, that's all I got. That's also all I have. Okay, so this has been a Hype League update. <sighs> yeah. And Metal Gear Solid meta-narrative discussion. Yeah. Um, Alright, so next week we're going to have to come in with some replacements. Yep. Um, I have one more than you do that I need to get. Um, I think I might know what it is. Also, yeah. I messed up somewhere because my list of six did not have Rise of the Triad on it, so I got to remember what I already dropped for that. Whoops. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, how about we go get to that and maybe some wings? Okay. Okay. 
Um, this has been Iliku Studios Podcast. You can send us feedback through our email, podcast at Studios.net. You can send us a line there if there's you know anything you want to say about what you've heard, anything you want to suggest we talk about. Uh, if you want to give us recipes, Dude. we will accept those. I'm thinking about making a quiche. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to make cookies. Cool. I actually have found a recipe for like a safe-to-eat raw cookie dough. Yeah, it's called cookie dough. Eggs aren't that scary. Yeah. Well, no, like the thing, like they just replace the eggs with oil or something. Just eat raw eggs. They're not that scary. I know. I'm not trying. I'm not training to be a boxer. I'm telling you, dude. Just get like a steamy hot bowl of rice, crack an egg into it, and it'll cook it. A, not, a, not little a little bit. bit. You just just eat it. Whatever. All right. God. Except I hate eggs. It, what? I, it's true. You can find us on Twitter, at Eliteku. You can find us, like, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eliteku. Tumblr as well. Our website is EliteKuStudios.net, where you can find all of our podcasts, as well as comics and other things. You can also find uh, all the podcast episodes up on the iTunes Music Store Did and we the not? Zune Marketplace. Whoops. And if you uh, go there, you want to leave us a review and a ranking, uh, that'll help us be found. If you just want to go ahead and tell your friends about it, like you know, like we said. The word of mouth campaign. We're, we're on Tumblr. Usually when an episode goes up, we'll throw a, a thing up on there if you just want to reblog that. And uh, you know, just let people know. Hashtag like, OSPC. We're trying to do a service here. We want to let people know about games and give them some, like, you know, interesting discussion. Convince them that there might be some subtlety in MGS. <laughs> I still feel dumb saying that. Like, everything in my, like, knowledge base says that that is a wrong statement. We've got opinions, and we'll tell you about them. For example, Nick doesn't like eggs. What the fuck is wrong with him? Is he even human? Next week on the Elite Studios podcast. <laughs> that's our debate for next week is Nick even human he doesn't like eggs yeah okay sign us off so until that uh, interesting debate that will happen most certainly and not at all goofingly uh, this has been Nick for the podcast saying, as well as Ryan oh yeah he's here too I'm not going to say it though he's going to say it I'm going to say it and what I'm going to say is uh, the thing that I usually say remember to give credit where credit is 25 cents per play